Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Without College podcast. Today, I have a another guest for you. I interviewed Mimi Robson. She is the state chair of California for the Libertarian Party and is currently running for the state assembly in the 70th district. And I wanted to have this interview, one, to just sort of raise awareness to her campaign. I think what she's doing is really awesome. Um, you know, running as a, as a third party candidate in such a, you know, sort of politically gridlocked state and she's making great progress. It, you know, I warn you, there was a little bit of background noise, but no big deal. Um, besides that, I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I'm trying to just sort of raise a little bit of extra awareness about the Libertarian Party, something that I feel, you know, needs a little bit more education on. So without further delay, enjoy this episode with Mimi Robson. Hey, Mimi, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, nice to join you. So for the audience listening, you are running for office as a libertarian. And my first question for you is, what compels you to do such a daunting task, uh, you know, in, in this rigid two-party world? Well, <clears throat> so I'll tell you a little story. Two years ago, a little bit more than two years ago, I was driving home from work. I'm a structural engineer. And I got a call from Ted Brown. He's the, he was the chair of the Libertarian Party of California. Don't know if you know this, but I'm now the chair of the Libertarian Party of California. Anyway, he called me and he said that the incumbent, Ricardo Lara, was running unopposed. And I had never thought about running for public office. I've been a libertarian for like forever, but it wasn't something I ever thought I'd do is run for public office. But when he told me that the really horrible incumbent was running unopposed, by the time I got home, I said, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run. I told my husband, he's like, are you crazy? I'm like, yeah, probably. So that was pretty much where I went from being an activist to being a candidate. So why am I doing it? I'm doing it because California may not know it, but they need libertarians. I mean, this state has so many good things going for it, but it really doesn't. I mean, it sounds good on paper, but there are so many things wrong with the state and I think the people of California are beginning to realize that. They're beginning to realize that endless taxation, endless 
infringements on our personal liberties, it's not okay. And so I, that's probably a long answer to a short question, but that's why I'm doing it. Wow. Okay. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I, I, I think that particular decision to move from an activist to a candidate is one that, you know, it's a bold, it's a, it's a big, you know, uh, wall to get over. And, you know, it's sort of a interesting transition. My yeah, question kind of huge, first. actually. It was something I had <laughs> never, you know, actually thought I'd do. You know, I, I, I kind of liked being an activist. I liked doing things in the background. Same thing with, I, you know, I was a libertarian. I liked getting involved in particular issues. But because of this whole transition, I'm now the chair of the state party. I made it to the top two in a contested primary. I, you know, I'm... It's been huge. It's changed my life. That is really incredible. And I think that that can also be inspirational for people who, you know, may feel like they would never, you know, actually run for office, but, you know, who knows someday. So for the people listening, I'd love to get your version, your definition of libertarianism, because I still think it's something that a lot of people sort of are confused about or don't have a clear image of. You know, you say libertarian, they probably think third party before anything else. What was your definition of libertarianism? Well, of course, my definition is going to be the only real one because that's what we libertarians do, right? We're all the only real libertarian. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the hurdles I had to get over in 2016 running for my first time was that people don't know what the Libertarian Party is. And if you ask them, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that party that, you know, I don't know, they, they want to guard their pot farms with their rifles. And that's, to me, not what the Libertarian Party is. I know a lot of people have different ideas on this, but I believe that we're a party, we're a political party because we want to get people elected to change the landscape of government. And that's to reduce government, that's to reduce it in every aspect of our life. That's to let us be free to prosper or to fail. And that's really what it's about. And so it's reducing government and their coercion on what we do with our lives. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes total sense limiting the overall scope of government. Um, so in California, uh, I'm curious, just sort of as your with your background as a structural engineer, um, what, what do you think of the current state of sort of the infrastructure here? Because I, I mean, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you look around and, you know, it's like you can drive on the highway and you can, you know, it seems like the bridges work, right? But uh in reality, I mean, like, like, do you have some more insight on sort of like, you know, why it sucks or what's well, particularly Well, we hope the it? bridges work, right? I mean, we've seen that they don't in the Northridge earthquake, probably before your time, not mine. I, uh, I finished school in 93, right before the Northridge earthquake. And I started working at the firm that I worked at right after the Northridge earthquake. And our infrastructure is failing. The American Society of Civil Engineers gives us 
between an F and a D rating for our overall infrastructure. And the reasons, you know, I think a huge part of it is that government, and this is going to sound controversial to a lot of libertarians, I'm sure, but, you know, they tax us and they want us, you know, and, and, and one of the main things they should do is keep our, our, our state safe. They should keep things going. They should keep things up to date, and they don't. And so instead, they keep coming back to us over and over and over again for bond issues or more taxes to fix these things, but they should have never let fail in the first place. So I, I don't know if this is exactly an answer to your question, but the reason why things are failing in the state is because we just don't keep them up. And we spend so much time on frivolous projects like, you know, this high-speed train that's going nowhere and goes really slow instead of actually fixing our roads, fixing our water infrastructure. Our water infrastructure is failing. Our roads are failing. Everything in the state is failing and it's because our politicians have totally failed us. Our elected officials have failed us. And that's, that, that's one of my big things is that we can do this without raising taxes. So long as we cut back on all this other stuff that we pay for, that makes no sense. Well, what do you have any examples of some of those things that that maybe like, you know, would be like like so let's say you were governor of California today. What would you you know chop off right away? What would you uh, you know? Well, I think I already said it. The high the high speed rail. I mean, that's 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 a non-starter. It's going nowhere. We're already over budget. We've already spent you know, a billion dollars and we've not laid one single piece of track and it's not going to do anything. I mean, it was, it, it, it's not going to get us anywhere. That's an example. And our governor, I mean, he likes trains, right? He said it. Mm. I like trains. Well, that's great. That's going to be his legacy. It's never going to be built, but that money is being taken away from the rest of the infrastructure that we We've paid for. We're, we're we're taxpayers. We're paying for this, and it's not happening. Do you think there's a problem with just general awareness, um, you know, about these projects? Like, how, like it seems like, you know, for the train example, it seems like that one is one that many people are more aware of. But like, you know, even in a mostly democratic state, it doesn't seem like anyone's really advocating to stop it or, or to slow it down. Oh, I, I think a lot of people now are realizing that it's a non-starter and it's stupid. But other, you know, like, for instance, right now we've got a proposition on the ballot, which uh, I'm going to have to look at it. But I think it's Proposition 3, which is the water bond. And they're asking us for yet more money to work on a bond that's going to help our water infrastructure. But what they don't tell us is that in the last like 10 years, we've done $20 billion of bonds. Right now there's $7 billion of bonds that haven't even been sold. Nothing has changed in those years. And what they want to use is half of it. They want to use it for is, you know, wildlife, um, which, which is important. And I, I, you know, ocean wildlife is a good thing. But it's not putting money toward figuring out what to do about the fact that we have no freshwater or wastewater infrastructure. 
we should be spending money trying to do, you know, to, to have actual rainwater capture when we have rain. And I'm, I'm probably going on and on, but I'll just give a, a little example. I, you know, I'm sure. a bit older oh, than you, just, just a little bit. And uh, I grew up in Santa Monica, and in the 70s is when Dogtown State skates started. That's like the skate, the skateboarding thing, Zephyr surfboards, things like that. And what that all happened from is pools being empty because we had a drought. And so the skateboarders started skating in the pools that were empty. That was in the 70s. How many droughts have we had since then? And what have they done? To capture water since then nothing we keep doing the same thing over and over again we have these things where we can't water our lawns we can't do these things we've done nothing they keep taking taxes from us we're the highest taxed state in the union but yet they can't figure out a way to retain the water that's captured when we do have rain that it's it's so bizarre it, it almost makes no sense it's such a strange thing that, uh, that, you know, just repeats itself, you know, especially last year we were in a pretty intense drought and then we had, you know, we were fortunate enough to get a lot of rain. And so you're telling me they're not even storing that? No, they're not. And that's the thing. So we have a heavy rain year, right? What happens? Nothing. We're still in our drought because we captured none of that rainwater. So if you ask, we're still in a drought. Wow. That's crazy. And Tell it's me, been uh, going on my whole life. So it's about time. So, so finally the, the straw broke the camel's back. You're, you're going for office to, to change that? Well, that's one of the things. I mean, that's a big thing for me is infrastructure. And, and it's a big thing for me as a, as a libertarian to not do that by raising taxes, but to do that by taking away the money from all these other places – Actually, we've, we've got $7.1 billion of bonds still to be sold. We've already approved those. Let's sell them and let's actually do something as opposed to put another bond measure on that's going to put another $8.87 billion into our unfunded debt that's going to go to your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Why do you think it is that nothing gets done? Is it, is it the two-party system? Is it just the people in power? Like, like what is it that's, that's preventing this sort of movement? Because I think everyone else that thinks of California, you know, the rest of the people in the country, they think of California and they think of, you know, progress and like, you know, Silicon Valley and all those things. But it seems, you know, from where you're telling me with, you know, our, our lack of sort of responding to our infrastructure needs, like, well, why is that? I wish I knew, you know, I, I, I really do. I think that <clears throat> what happens is that we have a one party system in this state at this point, it's all Democrat and they like to, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know other than they just like to spend money on lots and lots of things but they don't like to spend money on things that are important. They don't think of it. They kick the can down the, you know, down the road. And I think that also a big, huge part of it is, um, and this is one of my pet peeves. So the people that run for government 
for, you know, run for assembly, run for Senate. The biggest part of their backing is from public employee unions. So for instance, I ran in 2016 against the incumbent Democrat and he had like $1.6 million in his campaign fund. I had 14,000, right? But most of that came from public employee unions. And the thing is, is that the legislators are actually the ones that are negotiating the contracts for the public employee unions. And so that's coercion at best, right? They're, they're getting this money. So they're, they're negotiating these really sweet pension deals that are going to bankrupt the state, take money away from our infrastructure, take money away from all these other things to pay for these huge pensions because that's the only people they care about is the people that are giving them money. Wow. I mean, it sort of seems to be like a repetitive, you know, uh, message I, you know, you hear in governments all over the United States right now, local state and, you know, the federal government, uh, sort of switching topics here. I'm curious as to what you think about, uh, Larry Sharp's candidacy for governor in New York. Are you, are you familiar with sort of his, you know, what's going on over there? I am. And I love Larry. Larry's a great guy. What do you think about his idea of, uh, you know, sort of commercializing or advertising with, with infrastructure, with like bridges and highways using, you know, having like corporate names for them, like, like the Apple bridge or Microsoft's, you know, highway or whatever. It's effing brilliant. It's like, you know, that's what, that's what we're doing with all of the stadiums throughout the country. What we need is the private sector getting involved in these things. So, yeah, if Apple wants to build the first desalinization plant in California to give us fresh water, plaster their name all over it. It's, It's a fabulous idea. It's a free market idea. It's letting the private sector get involved in these things. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really unique idea too, and I think that's what's interesting about this election happening right now is that uh, I think there are more libertarians uh, running than normal, at least more with traction. And you have candidates like Larry Sharp who are sort of making a big splash in New York, in a state that's you know sort of similar to California, um, with their you know borderline one party sort of situation going on there, and and he's coming to the front with a lot of very new ideas that neither of the two major parties are, are, are spouting. So I think it's a sort of unique time to be, you know, not only just politically, you know, in the country, but also just to be a libertarian. It's sort of a, you know, there's an opportunity here. Well, yeah. And another, you know, another really big race in the country, which I think is the one that's going to be the true winning race is um, Jeff Hewitt for Riverside County supervisor. And that's a county that's, I mean, that county is bigger than many states. There's 2.4 million people. And he made national news as mayor of Calamesa, which is a very small little city in the, in the desert, by essentially privatizing the fire department. He got his fire department, his little city, out of CalPERS and out of that 
total, you know, draining thing that's going to bankrupt the city with pensions, and he put them into private 401ks. And it made national news. And he's, you know, he, it looks as though he's truly going to win. He, he's an amazing candidate. And it's people like him and people like Larry and, you know, I'm not going to say me, I, although I did make it to the top two in a contested primary, which is the first and only time it's happened. But I think we've got great candidates or, you know, of course, Gary Johnson for Senator of New Mexico. I mean, that would be huge, right? An actual Senator that's a libertarian. So we have really good candidates with really good ideas. And I think that people are beginning to hear them and see them and understand them and not think we're a bunch of crazy people. You mentioned uh, earlier sort of how there's there's sort of a lack of unity within the Libertarian Party. You know, everyone sort of has their own definition of it. Um, Do you have any ideas or any thoughts on on how to, you know, increase the cohesion within the party or or to, you know, sort of establish, you know, maybe some more rigid um, ideas or beliefs? Well, gosh, John, you know, you say rigid and, and, and establish, that's really hard. <clears throat> because we're libertarians mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I, as I said, I'm, I'm the chair of the libertarian party of California. And oftentimes libertarians are kind of like herding cats. You, you really can't do it. Right. <laughs> it's like herd a cat yeah. doesn't work. They all run different directions. I think that, you know, one of the things that's unique about our party is we don't have we don't have just one mindset. And I think one of the problems is that every libertarian thinks they are the only libertarian, right? At the very beginning, I said, you know what? I'm the only real libertarian. And I bet you think you are too. And I think everybody does, but we don't all agree. And I think that's what's fabulous about the people in our party is that we don't all agree, but we're all going toward the same ultimate goal of Maybe we don't agree on every single little particular, but we agree that we need to get government out of it. And we need to be individuals and individuals all have our own unique perspective on things. Yes, certainly. Yeah, it's, that's an interesting uh, way of looking at it. It's sort of, uh, and even more interesting to think about how, you know, with the rise of the, you know, the Libertarian Party starting to make more waves and things like that, you know, what, what does that reflect about sort of just the population as a whole, you know, that more people are sort of drifting out of the two party system and and more towards that individual thought. And I think they are. And I think that what's happening is with the walkway movement and the fact that the two major parties are failing people. I think the first step of walking away and that's what's happened in California is that they walk away from their party and they become no party preference. So right now in California, the second largest voting block is people that are registered no party preference. But an interesting thing is that of all of the parties in California, there's only one party that between January and May of this year increased its membership and it's the Libertarian Party 
in California. Liber uh, the Republicans, the Democrats, the Green Party, they all lost membership. We went up by 1.9%. And I think that people are beginning to start thinking for themselves and they're realizing that the two parties are not suiting them. They, they, they're not representing them. They're not, their whole life they thought this is what it was, but they're seeing that it's not and they're walking away. And I think they're walking, many of them, to the Libertarian Party. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And, and uh, I'm really eager. Honestly, I know this election is huge, but I, I'm pretty excited to see where we're at in another two years to see sort of what kind of momentum has gained, uh, you know, nationwide. Because especially if some of these key races are won, you know, we could see a completely different political landscape in just a couple of years. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And I, I think it's coming. So, yeah, <laughs> well, let's hope so. Uh, you know, hope that, you know, that sort of we break this gridlock between the two party system one way or another. It would be pretty awesome. So, Mimi, you're, you're running as the state assembly in the 70th district of California. Mm -hmm. I can imagine, you know, we're, we're definitely want to ask anyone in that district to vote um, this upcoming election. Is there anything else you'd like to add or ask of, you know, the, the people listening, any, anything that you know, you'd like to, um, any asks or requests really? Yeah, actually, sure. I would love it if libertarians would start really supporting our candidates, all of them, not just me, but realize that this is, you know, this is, we are making a difference. And so support our candidates throughout the country. But in, here in California, me, we've got four other candidates for state assembly. We need money. We need volunteers. We need people that will help us spread this message. I think that's what I'd like to add. That's my ask is that, you know, I, at, at Politicon this weekend, I'm going to be looking for volunteers help me put up signs, to help me canvas, to give me money so I can get more materials. Our other candidates need that as well. And that's my ask. All right. Well, that's awesome. I have to applaud you for taking on the mission, the task, uh, the daunting task at that of running for office at all, never mind as a third party. I think it's really awesome what you're doing. Um, I think it's a bold move. It's, it's you know, certainly a challenge and um, you know, I give you a lot of credit there. So thank you for, you know, making that switch from a, you know, just an activist into a political candidate. I think that's a really, you know, incredible thing. Hopefully more people can learn from that. More people can be inspired by that. And if anybody wants to get involved, wants to take part of this, wants to run, is inspired, I, I hope that they'll contact me. I'm the chair of the Libertarian Party of California. I'm there to help any candidate make the leap because I think the purpose of the party is to get people elected. That is our mission. And so we need people that are willing to run. We need people that are willing to help people run. So that's my ask. That's amazing. Well, Let's see, you know, let's see what we're able to do. I hope, uh, you know, you're very successful at Politicon this weekend. Hopefully you can get some donations, volunteers, canvassers uh, to help 
you know, spread the message and, and, you know, best of luck to you on election day. Thank you. And I'm looking for your help too. So I'm going to talk to you about that. (laughs) Sounds good. I will see you there. All right. All righty.